0: Well, good morning. And my big question for you today is, do you like mysteries? Do you like mysteries? Maybe you like reading an Agatha Christie or, or, or John Grisham novel. or Maybe you like watching Murdoch Mysteries, which was filmed right here in Cambridge, Ontario, Canada. I love mysteries, and I'm sure you do too, just because of the intrigue. In fact, we love The Mysterious so much, I think that explains why one of the most popular shows that will remain nameless at this time is a show where we have to figure out which celebrity is wearing a mask and a sparkly outfit and is singing and dancing. Well, it reminds me of a mystery I recently heard about. Uh, maybe you've heard of René Compion. Compion was... Um, living in California, and uh, decided he wanted to get a little bit of social distance. And so he went for a walk in Angeles National Forest. And uh, he had been there many, many times before, and so he knew the area quite well. And he decided this day to take uh, a different trail. And um, soon he got down on that trail, and he was lost. He didn't know where to go. And so what happened was, uh, as, as night time was falling and the, the temperatures were dropping because they were in the desert, he decided to, to take his phone and to, to take a picture. And you can see this picture on the screen. As his phone was dying from battery, he says, I'll take this one last picture and I will, I'll tweet this out and maybe somebody will find me. Well, the picture was, uh, was forwarded to the Los Angeles Sheriff's Department. And so they decided to use social media, and they tweeted out uh, Rene's picture of him being lost and, and said, maybe some hikers will know this area. Well, 60 miles away, Ben Guo was, uh, was watching Twitter, and he noticed this cry for help. And um, Ben was involved in the tech industry. And, and so he loved especially to look at satellite imagery. So he thought, I'm going to use some satellite in- imagery from Google Earth and try to figure out where this hiker who's lost is. And he noticed as he looked at the picture that there was some, there was some greenery down below on the slope down below. And so he used all of this this imagery from Google Earth and he figured out, I think this is the spot and he was able to match this up. And he he sent that off to the Los Angeles Sheriff's Department. And within just a couple hours, the sheriff's helicopter came and rescued Renee. Mystery solved. It's a reminder that mysteries aren't just fun to solve. They often involve helping people who are lost. Well, that's a great reminder today as we look at the ultimate mystery that we can discover from Ephesians chapter 3 verses 1 through 13. If you have your Bibles, please turn them on or or turn on or turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 3 verses 1 through 13 and we're going to read this passage about the ultimate mystery of God. So, let's read this together. So I ask you not to lose heart over what I'm suffering for you, which is your glory. May God add understanding to the reading of his word. And let's pray right now. God, we come to you. We want to know the mystery of you, God. We want to know your plan for the ages. God, in a time where... Things are so uncertain. Would you help us to know what your word would say to us personally and how we can find encouragement and hope, God. I pray that every part of the kingdom of darkness would would listen up and would would be stopped right now from, from interfering from your word going forth. Lord, may we just have real clarity in hearing your voice. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well imagine that you are living in a city, you're isolated, and you are now stuck at home under the mandate of government orders. Imagine people have to bring you food. And, and, And imagine this, you're struggling to be able to communicate to outsiders as well. Everybody in the city has has lost heart. There's so much uncertainty. So you say, Well, John, I don't have to imagine that at all. That is my experience right now. You're, you're describing my life at, to a T right now. Actually, I am describing the life of the Apostle Paul 20 centuries ago. Think about where Paul was. It says there in verse one, he was in prison. Later on, he was in a dark, damp prison cell. But at this point, we believe he was still under house arrest. And he had to, as he he journeyed to Rome to be this prisoner in Rome, he had gone through a tremendous time of waiting and struggling. He experienced beatings and shipwrecks. And and he had this lone and dangerous journey from which he had gone from Jerusalem to Rome. Now in prison, people had to bring him food, but it wasn't like those third-party services, Uber Eats or Skip the Dishes or, or DoorDash. And, and though Paul didn't have video conferencing like, like Zoom or, or FaceTime, he wanted to communicate to outsiders and he was desperate to hear from outsiders. So it begs the question, what did Paul want to communicate With people he dearly loved, especially a church that he'd spent so much time with, the church at Ephesus. Well, here was the message. He wanted to give a message of hope and an explanation of the mystery of God. We could call it the sacred secret, as Ward Wearsby has called it. This sacred secret or mystery reveals what God has been doing all this time, his plan. This mystery takes various shapes and and comes out of various questions that we ask. In fact, many skeptics say, well, God, how could he be powerful if if he's letting all this suffering going on, all this exploitation of, of the poor? Why doesn't he do something? Why doesn't he stop the plagues? This is part of the mystery as we wonder not just about God's mysterious ways, but God himself. Who he is. And today we're going to discover the answer to that question to unlock the mystery of God. In order to do so, we need to understand what mysteries are all about. You see, all good mysteries have certain elements. You think about it there's usually a crime or an unknown um, secret, usually, there's a dangerous situation. Uh, There's a sleuth or a detective, and there's always a villain, isn't there? There's always the bad guy. There's usually also a trail of clues or a a red herring as well, a a rabbit trail, so that we we get sidetracked. And finally, in order for a story to be a good mystery, there has to be a satisfying ending. The mystery of God is no different. And has been hinted at so far in our study of Ephesians. Think back to when Pastor Jason preached on Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, just a couple weeks ago. If you look back there in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, it says, And you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. Right there, we see a murder. People are dead, walking in their transgressions. A spiritual death. And the villain is described as well. It's the devil, the prince of the air. And so, where does this, this really scene occur? When does the first murder occur? It happens in a garden. In fact, the very first garden, the Garden of Eden. When God created the world, he created Adam and Eve, as well as all the the plants and the fishes and the trees and, and, and all this beauty. And he placed human beings, Adam and Eve, in a garden. It was perfect. God only had one rule. And that was to not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And so what happened was the villain came along, the serpent, the devil. And while Adam sin in abdicating from protecting Eve and, and jumping ahead and, and, and stopping the serpent, Eve was deceived. And she ate the forbidden fruit. She gave some to Adam. and Because of that, we've experienced spiritual death. It's the one rule that we, we broke. God gave them that one rule. The rule was to stay away. And whether we stay away in gardens or during lockdowns, during pandemics, we struggle with keeping the rules. And there's great consequences. and There's death. We can see that even in our day and culture. But what about the Trail of Clues? Well, actually, the Trail of Clues is all throughout the whole Old Testament. The Trail of Clues really involves all the solutions that people try to to actually fix the problem, to solve the mystery. If you think about it, the the rules were the first attempt. In the Old Testament, we have Moses, this leader. Maybe you've seen him in the Ten Commandments in that, that famous epic movie and, and he comes and he has the Ten Commandments. And, and we think if we just live by these top ten rules, we'll be able to live life right. Except we break the rules. And so then we see the pendulum swing as we go throughout the Old Testament. And we, we see that people go from rules to a do-it-yourself mentality of not keeping the rules during the time of judges. People did whatever they thought was right in their own eyes. Well, that didn't work either. And so eventually people said, well, what we really need is we need a leader. We need a king. And so they asked for a king and they chose the best looking, the most tallest, best leader in Saul during the the time of the Israelites who wanted to choose this king. And and then he didn't pan out. And David, even as much as a great leader he was, he was corrupt in the sense that, he abused his power and committed adultery. He's lied about it. And so we learned that human leaders fail. And, and so what happens is people turn to try to find other ways to satisfy themselves through idols. And, and, um, and, and God takes great deference to that. And he, he actually called his people to be in exile To be taken away by the Babylonians. And we we learn about that during the time of Daniel and Esther. And then, though God is is very gracious and he brings his people back, there's a regathering as we studied about the last couple years in in Ezra and Nehemiah. And so we see all these attempts, this trail of clues about how to to deal with the mystery of God. Who is he? And what about his power? But none of these solutions ultimately worked and solved the mystery of who God was and what he's done on this earth. And sadly, we're going back to the same tired solutions, aren't we? We waffly between the rules and the D.Y.A. rules. The rulers and, and, and isolation and regathering. Most of our lives are spent chasing rabbit trails or red herrings. Things that we think will satisfy And it explains why we're not satisfied. And God is still a mystery to most of us on the planet. But this message is meant to encourage you. It's to bring clarity. It's to bring hope for you. It reminds me of the story I read about a man who describes walking by a baseball diamond. And I quote, I passed the sandlot yesterday. Some kids were playing ball. I strolled along the baseline right close to the wall. Say, what's the score? I asked the fielder. After he retrieved another ball still puffing. (laughs) There's one out, the base is full, and they're up 42 to nothing. You're getting beat, aren't you, my lad? I said. And then in no time, Flatty answered, no sir, not as yet. Our side ain't been yet to bat. Now that is an optimist. However, I need more than optimism that doesn't deal with reality. I need hope that doesn't disappoint. And I think you do too. I got to confess that since this last third lockdown that we're experiencing, I've been army crawling I was so excited about seeing so many people regather in our worship services and our building and recreation of our property was making so much progress. And I was looking forward to a warm summer, being outside and maybe seeing family and traveling. And then the third lockdown happened after the surge of COVID cases. In fact, Ontario is the most locked down jurisdiction in all of North America. And we are living in this jurisdiction. It's discouraging. It's, it's, it's hard on our souls, isn't it? But here's the message that can bring us hope. As we read in, in Ephesians 3.1, Paul was in prison, not just for Christ Jesus. But do you see what it says there in verse 1? But also on behalf of you Gentiles. You and I aren't in jail. But for some of us, this is the closest we've ever felt to jail, isn't it? It it feels like we're at house arrest. Maybe some of us have lost our freedoms for Christ. But also God has allowed us to be in a position where we can be models and examples to others, for the sake of others. To show what it means to be submissive. To show that, yes, though disappointed, we are not going to be complaining on social media. To to cause us to pray for others. To know Jesus when usually we're too busy to pray. It would be good to think like Paul who knew the solution in the midst of uncertainty. Who knew the the solution to the mystery of the gospel. Here's what Paul knew in a summary statement. In Ephesians chapter 3 verses 1 through 13. The mystery of God is solved by grace for everyone who believes In Christ. I'll say that again. The mystery of God is solved by grace for everyone who believes in Christ. Do you believe in Christ? Then you're going to learn about the mystery of God. See, Jesus Christ is the one who paid the price for the crimes that began at the beginning of the world. He is the one who defeats Satan, the villain. He died on a cross, didn't he? For our sins, taking our place for those crimes. And that's good news. But it's even better. It gets even better. He rose again to solve the mystery of God. We call that grace. Let me say that summary statement again. The mystery of God is solved by grace for everyone who believes. In Christ. Let me make it more personal. Grace solves the mystery of God and gives you three benefits today. You might want to write these down. First is that grace solves the mystery of God by making you gospel managers. Gospel managers. As we read in verse 2, God made Paul his gospel manager. Look what it says. Assuming that you've heard of the stewardship of God's grace. That was given to me for you. Wow. Have you ever thought of yourself like Paul as a steward? Or let's modernize that, a manager of God's gospel for the sake of others? Grace is not just what we we get undeservedly from God that saves us, but it's something that we must treasure, we must cherish. We must must actually distribute wisely. And this is what it means to be a gospel manager. And it has really practical implications. And I got to confess today, I don't feel like I've taught you this enough. As I've, I've encouraged you to share the gospel with others. You need to do so very wisely. In fact, can I say this? This might sound crazy, but think about this. Don't share the gospel with everyone immediately. Don't share the gospel with everyone immediately. God didn't. Look at verses 3 through 5. How the mystery was made known to me by revelation as I've written briefly. When you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to the sons of men and other generations, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit. God took millennia to explain that he had a plan from the beginning to pay a price for all those crimes. You might say, well, that's not fair. Why would he take all this time and kind of leave us hanging a perpetual cliffhanger of salvation? Well, lest you think today that maybe God ignores you, that he's like people who are always on their phone distracted. God is not distracted. God's delay was not him ignoring you. God has always had you on his mind. Isn't that what we studied about? Just a few weeks ago, from Ephesians chapter 1, verses 4 through 5, it says, Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him, in love, he predestined us for adoption through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will. His will had delay in it, and to delay, was an act of mercy so more people could be born and respond to, off, to God's offer of grace. And we should be very thankful for this. So think about this. If God had shown grace immediately to Adam and Eve and just said, I'm going to save you, and then we're going to continue on with this garden, this wonderful garden, and everything's taken care of, you and I probably weren't born. We have never experienced and understood About God's grace. Delay is an act of God's mercy. And if you think about it. Was actually a practice of Jesus. He didn't tell the good news. His good news immediately. He didn't heal everyone. He didn't. Didn't cause everybody to be. uh, Rich. Cause everyone to have everything that they needed. He would stop in the middle of a great revival service and go to the new town, leaving some crippled and blind and worse, those still ignorant of the gospel. Like, he would be off praying and people would all be saying, Hey, Jesus, come. You got to go preach. This is your time. In Mark one he he'd say, let us go to the next towns that I might preach there also for that is why I came. My friends, you will never understand God and the mystery of his work until you can trust him that he doesn't always fix everything here on this earth. He waits. He waits to show mercy and for our hearts to be ripe for harvest. And this is why grace solves the mystery of God by making you gospel managers. And you manage simply by this. Through prayer. You utilize prayer. You constantly go to the owner of the universe. The Lord God. And you ask him. Is this the time to share the gospel? Or do I need to pray more? You have to give. Otherwise if you don't people will stay lost. Because they'll be inoculated against the gospel. You will have given them a first dose. And they have just enough that they think they know the gospel. That Jesus died for their sins. And they're going to heaven. But they never embrace the mystery of of God. And fully abide in Christ. And understand that there's a suffering and a sacrifice to following Jesus. Let me use another analogy. See, the roads haven't been built for many people in our culture. We haven't taught them the backstory. It's like when you have an old GPS and it hasn't been updated. I remember a few years ago, our family were traveling through Colorado and our our GPS, she started yelling at me because we were driving through a place that looked like Green Forest on the GPS, but it was a brand new road. Our GPS wasn't updated and it kept trying to take me off into different directions. Well, I think there's maybe some people who are yelling at us because we haven't taught them about the new path of Jesus and all they see is the rules, the old rules. We need to walk them back to creation. We need to explain grace and how laws and education and leaders themselves do not change hearts. We need to show love and grace. But grace doesn't just solve the mystery of God by making you his gospel managers. Second, it makes you fellow beneficiaries. Fellow beneficiaries. You and I get to benefit from this grace. Look at verse 6. This mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Now, frankly, most of our modern English translations do not serve well the original meaning there. Except for the New American Standard. Look what it says. To be specific, that the Gentiles are fellow heirs and fellow members of the body and fellow partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. See, we know from Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, that we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing that is in Christ. But we are blessed now, but because the blessings used to fall mostly to the Jews. Now they're available to us non-Jews, the Gentiles. We get the same inheritance, have the same membership, not an associate membership, but full membership, executive membership with Christ and his family, and we get all the benefits of the promises that the Jews get. It's amazing, and it helps us when we're suffering, when we're in lockdown. Holocaust survivor and psychologist Viktor Frankl once said, we can suffer any what if we have a friend and we know the why. We have the why because the mystery has been solved by grace. We can't save ourselves no matter how good we are. We need Christ to save us and he has become our friend. And he has welcomed us into his forever family. Being fellow heirs, fellow members of the same body, fellow partakers of the promise of this great gospel. Think about this. You get the same inheritance at the reading of God's will in heaven that Moses and David and Peter and Paul and all the apostles did. It's awesome. It's awesome. God is so amazing and so glorious. This makes me want to praise him for what he has done. In fact, Ephesians 3 verse 8 describes his inheritance As the unsearchable riches of Christ. Andrew Lincoln suggests the picture of a reservoir so deep that soundings or sonar cannot hit the bottom. Can you imagine that? That is the riches of Christ. And it's available to you because of his grace. Wow. Poverty is usually alleviated by relationships. I'd, I just recently heard that, and, and I think it's true. If I was unemployed, and you were a business owner, and we were friends, and you knew I could do the job, you've just alleviated me from poverty. That is what Christ has done. One of the practical implications for us as a church, and could you be praying about this as a church? We're, we're, we're um, thinking that one of the ways in our strategic plan of this being a community center for Christ is that we would have an employment readiness ministry. That we would help people, especially in light of the pandemic and all the economic hardship, that we would help people find employment as we build relationships with them, business owners, and ultimately, hopefully, get into gospel conversations. So could you be praying about that? And maybe you will be the answer to your own prayer. God will tap you on the shoulder and say, I want you to be a part of that. You know how to build resumes. You need to help people. If so, could you talk to Tara Hoyt, our communications and community outreach strategist at Info at Temple Baptist Church. We'd love to talk to you further. Remember, grace solves the mysteries of God by making you fellow beneficiaries. And because we have everyone and everything in Christ. We do not need to hoard these resources, but we share them because we've received grace. We want to show this grace to others. Being grace beneficiaries allows us to be grace managers. Well, there's a third benefit in grace solving the mystery of God by making us not just Gospel managers and fellow beneficiaries. But thirdly, courageously confident. Courageously confident. Behold, this boldness is wisdom. Look at verse 10. So that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. We as a church, we are the ones who communicate the wisdom of God and explain this great mystery Of who he is and his grace revealed through Jesus Christ. It goes on in verse 11 and says, This was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord. In whom we have boldness in access with confidence through our faith in him. So I ask you not to lose heart over what I'm suffering for you. Which is your glory. Wow. Paul is suffering and he's causing the glory for the people of, Israel, of, of Ephesus. For those who believe in Jesus Christ. Think about it. You know that you don't deserve to be God's child. But God chose you. He sent his son Jesus to die for you. And he rose again to demonstrate his power. Doesn't this make you courageously confident? If Jesus can rise from the grave then we can overcome whatever trial and difficulty we have. You see, the murder mystery was that Jesus was murdered. But he didn't stay dead. They couldn't find the body. He rose from the grave. The empty grave meant everlasting grace for us. So embrace the mystery of God and his gospel of grace, which has been solved By grace. You are God's gospel managers. You have access to top secret files. In fact, you have access to all the resources, the relationships, the knowledge in the kingdom of God that is needed to proclaim the gospel of grace. Expect suffering, expect it, beloved. But you know that you will complete God's mission with courageous confidence. And so the mystery of God isn't just fun to solve. It actually will help save the lost. If we will go forward proclaiming that the mystery of God and who he is is revealed in Jesus Christ. Let's pray right now. And as I pray, I would just challenge you again this Thursday to take up a day of prayer and fasting, to draw close to God. It, we have some, some, some specific things to pray about, that, that this pandemic and, and the lockdown would soon end so that we could return to in-person gatherings and our construction would continue of the building this community center for Christ to help our community. To pray that God would, would lead us to the right person for this worship and student ministries pastor. Those are some specific things, but the most important thing is that you feast on Christ. You draw close to him and you are thankful for his grace. Let's pray. God, I thank you for this morning where we can though not be able to gather much in person, God, we can still hear your word and your gospel to go forward, your gospel of grace. Thank you for, for things that were so hidden and so confusing to be now demonstrated through Jesus Christ, who, where your power was ultimately shown when you raised him from the grave. Lord, we thank you for that. Where it explains where suffering and And exploitation were were brought to justice at the cross for the innocent Jesus. We thank you for him. And so God, today, would we go forth as being your gospel managers, understanding we're fellow beneficiaries with your son Jesus and with with his church. And Lord, would we be courageously confident to share this good news with others wisely and with great discernment, listening to your voice to tell us when to do so. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.